you know, being a small, sometimes it is also an advantage because you may, you know, act faster, quicker, smarter. Uh, you don't have to deal with the huge apparatus. Good local time, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovative Minds with Audrey Tang. The friendship between natural partners, Taiwan and Lithuania, is a trending topic in the world of international relations. Freedom, democracy, and a refusal to back down in the face of bullying binds our partnership together. But there's more to this relationship than defending our shared values of the free world and standing together. Taiwan and Lithuania are exploring new and innovative ways to expand our economic, trade, investment, and cultural ties across an array of traditional and next-generation industries. I'm sure that our um, audience is familiar uh, with beef, beer, chocolate, dairy, and grain, uh, but also lasers, semiconductors, and even space technology. The sky's the limit for what is coming to be seen as a partnership of prosperity. So now I'm over the moon to welcome Oshrin Armonate. Lithuania's Minister of Economy and Innovation and a globally recognized advocate of thinking outside the box and getting things done. Oshreen, hello. It's tremendous to have you on the show. Hello, uh, Audrey. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Um, Oshreen, the uh, friendship between Taiwan and Lithuania came as a genuine surprise for many in this part of the world when we started making headlines last year. And of course, we knew about Lithuania through your country's courageous efforts to leave the Soviet Union to regain independence in 1990, as well as the men's basketball team inspiring bronze medal just two years later at the Summer Olympics in Barcelona. Uh, would you like to help us understand a little more about how the Taiwan-Lithuania partnership came to be and what were the major developments along the way? Well, you know, I was born in uh, late uh, 1980s, uh, so I haven't lived in the Soviet Union. Um, uh, but um, what I got to know very, uh, you know, quickly um, is that Taiwan has always supported uh, Lithuanian efforts and actually Baltic states' efforts uh, for freedom. So probably it uh, dates back, you know, long uh, before uh, today, uh, our friendship, Taiwan has always supported the Baltic states, not only when it comes to, you know, uh, advocacy um, or political support, moral support, but also uh, very practical support um, in the early 90s, as I'm aware, uh, we had exchanges when it comes to education, technology, uh, and many other things. And you know, when we have transformed our economy during these uh, decades from the communist uh, common economy to a free market uh, and uh, liberal democracy, mm -hmm. we needed uh, uh, friendships uh, like the one with, uh, with Taiwan. And uh, you know these traditions, you know these uh, these ties are are so strong that uh, there should be no surprise that our nations and countries are now very friendly today. And uh, I think as we you know uh, open a, a new chapter uh, when it comes to our economic operation, as we face uh, industry 
not only four already, but industry mm -hmm. five probably, mm -hmm. or even six, right? Yes. So, uh, so there are so many things we could do together when it comes to not only, you know, freedom and, and, and these values, but also economic operation. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Um, I think the ideas of a tradition of people-to-people -people ties and economic um, collaboration uh, ties us together. Um, and a lot of people in Taiwan were uh, happily surprised when we started a new tradition uh, together with Lithuania's decision uh, to welcome the opening of the Taiwanese representative office uh, in Lithuania, which is a new tradition of the naming of our representative office. And it meant a great deal uh, to the people of Taiwan and earned your country enormous amount of admiration and respect for your principled and respectful stance. And how has this decision affected uh, Lithuania's foreign relations and standing in the world from your perspective? Well, first of all, of course, it attracted a lot of attention because um, Lithuania um, is, uh, there are not so many countries in the world that uh, have welcomed uh, um, the offices of, of Taiwanese uh, representation. Uh, we are also about to open a Lithuanian trade office in Taipei, mm -hmm. uh, just a couple of weeks. Uh, um, well, um, to come uh, for the opening. So um, I hope that there will be, you know, some mutual mutual ties. Uh, but um, generally, I think that you know, um, economic cooperation is always more stable uh, and secure among the like-minded nations. If you know that your friend and partner respects fundamental human rights, um, liberal democracy, secures property rights, mm -hmm. which is, uh, of course, very, uh, very important and uh, one of the fundamentals of, of a free society, then your economic cooperation is more stable uh, and, uh, you know, is not, um, won't be attacked. That's why we believe, and I personally believe, that um, friendship, of both political and economic, uh, between Lithuania and Taiwan is uh, and will be um, stable. Now, of course, there were uh, some countries, let's put it this way, that were unhappy uh, about these increased relations between uh, Lithuania and Taiwan. And Lithuanian economy felt uh, felt that uh, there were some problems for our exporters um, that uh, had trade relations with mainline China. Uh, there were problems, some of them, um, some of the investors, uh, foreign investors felt that. But uh, we believe that we, when we are members of the European Union, it is a European matter as well, because being a part of European single market, um, you know, it means that um, it affects not only Lithuanian domestic economy, but also whole European economy. And we don't think that we have done something, you know, illegal, something wrong. I don't think that there should be someone in some other countries that uh, lets, allows or, you know, or not uh, for other countries to develop their relations. So, 
So I think that everything is fine despite these uh, difficulties, but I have to acknowledge that there were some. Being a minister of economy and, and innovation, I have to admit it, and, and I'm doing it right now. But, but generally, um, our friendship, our ties always, uh, always uh, remained stable, and, uh, and now we are happy to, you know, to, to open up a new chapter. Really delighted to hear that. Uh, we started, in, as I said, a new tradition. Uh, but as you said, it firmly resides uh, in the European value of not just freedom of speech, of thought, of assembly, but also a free market, right? The liberal market values. And uh, the countries with these values, uh, as we have seen, become the best incubators for easing barriers to creativity, to game-changing advances, and so on. Um, in, in your idea, why does democracy, and especially a free and liberal market, defeat autocracy time and time again when it comes to the innovation stakes? Well, uh, innovation happens when uh, we have uh, creative destruction and when... Uh, Every citizen, every individual, you know, feels that he or she or, or they um, can, uh, you know, flourish their ideas, grow their ideas, make mistakes sometimes, mm. learn from them, and then uh, start again. So um, I'm a believer, you know, in individual freedom and um, and uh, creative destruction that uh, that it brings. I I can't, uh, you know believe that central planning could be essential um, in the long run. And, and, and that's the thing, that's the key fundamental uh, principle. I think that uh, that's why liberal democracies and democracies, you know, always uh, win against um, autocracies. Yeah, that's great. And indeed, I'm reminded of a Albert Einstein quote. Uh, he said, and I quote, adversity is the motto of invention. Out of clutter, we find simplicity. From this court, we find harmony. In the middle of difficulty lies opportunity, end of quote. Um, so would you like to tell us a little bit more about your personal philosophy on nurturing unorthodox thinking and creating a culture of innovation amidst a period of technological change and also industry disruption? Well, um, as, as it was uh, just quoted, you know, um, every difficulty opens, uh, opens new opportunities. So uh, when you make some of the political decisions or when you say or, or when you make some uh, your business decisions, some people were, will be always unhappy uh, with that because sometimes you have to make compromises and so on. I'm an optimist. Mm -hmm. And my personal, you know, uh, perception or approach uh, to everything is that, you know, we have uh, our glass uh, half full mm -hmm. rather than uh, <laughs> half empty. So there always comes um, an opportunity. And sometimes um, we have to look for the opportunities and hopes in the most um, even devastating circumstances, as we have uh, war going on in Ukraine, right? Uh, Russia's aggression um, in Ukraine, it is a devastating war. It's not a crisis. It is a, a, an unprecedented aggression. But now, what it also brought, uh, you know, 
a unity of uh, all democracies against mm -hmm. the autocracy and aggression. Mm -hmm. We've seen great leaders, global mm -hmm. leaders, uh, you know, rising. Mm -hmm. For instance, President Volodymyr Zelensky from uh, from Ukraine. He's a true, you know, free world leader now, a global one. And we needed that as uh, the West, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the most broader sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the democratic <laughs> world. Yeah. So a yes. Western... The democratic world. Uh, yeah. va uh, you know, value-based uh, um, society. So when it comes to economy as well, we have to look for for, for the opportunities. And um, what, what is also probably worth, um, you know, mentioning is innovation won't happen without uh, talented people and uh, novators. Uh, so investing into education is also something that is essential. And Taiwan is very, well, it has a, a prominent education system. I, I have visited one of your universities in, in Kaohsiung uh, three years ago. Uh -huh. uh, we have, you know, um, ties and also uh, twinnings among Taiwanese and, and, and Lithuanian universities. And what we're trying to do here at home is also, you know, when investing to these advanced um, industries like laser technology mm -hmm. that the Lithuania is famous on, um, building semiconductor industry. It's not only about, you know, uh, dealing business and having business mm -hmm. with the private companies. It is also very much about uh, talents, investing in talents and also attracting talents. Uh, from all um, over the world. So, you know, being an optimist and uh, trying to see uh, an opportunity in uh, any difficult situation, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. having a good and uh, promising leadership, investing into uh, talented people, probably these are, you know, key uh, key aspects that a, a prosperous society uh, and society is a global uh, uh, global nation uh, global community um, should you know seek for yeah indeed um, one of the guests uh, in the previous episode of this show uh, previous uh, president uh, Ilves of Estonia uh, recently visited Taiwan and say that uh, it's not just about a geopolitical like uh, the West uh, anymore it is more about a alliance of shared values uh, against authoritarianism and of course Taiwan is part of that alliance and we very much welcome this talent circulation especially around higher education Education, as you just mentioned, uh, between um, everyone, between all the partners uh, in this shared value alliance. I think this is very important. Um, personally, I dropped out of high school when I was 14 years old, uh, just so that I can spend more time uh, with professors in higher education and work with them on research topics uh, together. And I really think that the, the mentors, uh, they wield a real heft in the development and refinement of innovative minds. Um, do you have also some influential figures, your mentors, uh, who contributed to your accomplishments in life and can take some credit for the position you hold today? Well, you know, I have I have thought about it um, a lot because um, I have always thought that I don't um, I didn't have any particular uh, or single mentor. Mm -hmm. 
throughout uh, throughout my education or, or, or political career. But I'm very thankful for my mother hmm. and also for my teachers um, who were who were optimists, I, I would say, and you know who were always who were very encouraging all the time. And I think it's very important, you know, to to encourage also young adults to you know invest in the, in themselves not only you know in learning uh, um, at school uh, but also in uh, you know developing yourselves uh, yourself in in some other areas like uh, volunteering right mm-hmm. i don't know playing music or or doing sports so th- this is uh, this is something that makes you a universal uh individual if i may uh, mm-hmm. say so mm-hmm. so i'm very thankful for for my for my mom and and for my teachers um i wouldn't mention any politician uh, older one who who could be you know my mentor what i have done during my political career or what i had to do is um, actually to to strive for for my you know for for come for entering politics um and sometimes i don't know audrey how is it for you but yeah. uh, uh-huh. but I, probably it's it's everywhere in the world that you know politics are is quite a close circle of people and uh, and it is quite difficult for some new uh, outsiders to enter in uh, the game uh-huh. so 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 this was something that we had to you know sort of uh earn on our own, there were no mentors or, or people who just let, let us in. So, um, so yeah. So when it comes mm-hmm. to politics, you have to you have to uh, fight for for your ideals and also for yourself. But uh, when it comes to personal life, probably I'm, well, I would mention as 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 I said, mom and uh, and uh, and teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom, uh, also my first teacher, uh, would uh, go on to start the uh, experimental education uh, movement, uh, one of the first uh, to work with homeschoolers and um, basically changing the uh, Taiwanese education system to be more autonomy and interaction uh, based. And uh, my father, who supported her, uh, still runs to this day uh, the Academy for Optimism. <laughs> so I understand this this idea of uh, not teaching anything in particular, but rather to convey a sense of uh, optimistic spirit uh, to turn all difficulties uh, into challenges that can be solved collaboratively. So I totally get what you're saying in, in that it's not politics, it's more like the pedagogy, the forming, the building uh, of the character. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one thing about the digital world uh, is that the digital networks brings individuals facing similar challenges together and they form organizations, they form communities closer than physical neighbors uh, has ever been, right? So that's the community building aspect of the digital uh, culture. How is Lithuania harnessing the power of the digital world in building innovation energy and strengthening your knowledge ecosystem? Would you like to share with us? Yeah, well, uh, you know, Lithuania is one of the most digitalized countries in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, what I see that uh, people here, they take uh, it for granted now. Uh-huh. It is quite, you know, normal and, and we can't imagine that there could be 
somehow else when, you, uh, for instance, for you to use uh, governmental digital services, mm -hmm. you know, a few minutes and you declare your, your, your taxes. Um, couple of hours and you may uh, set up a company without uh, even, you know, entering any public institution. We have this e-resident um, mm -hmm. thing, especially uh, it is important for our diaspora people, diaspora people mm -hmm. who, who live uh, uh, anywhere in the world, you know, to, to be a part of, 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 of Lithuanian digital services and use them without even being physically here. So, um, so what I notice is that uh, our people, they, you know, they feel that it is new normal we live in. It's not only new; it's not even new, actually. It's it's uh, it's our status quo. And when I talk to my colleagues somewhere else in Europe, uh, they are quite surprised because it's uh, it's not uh, that uh, it is everywhere. So, uh, so this. This is why why I'm quite happy um, about how we managed to uh, you know reform uh, both digital services, uh, digital businesses uh, are growing, um, and so on. And it is also about security as well. When you have uh, things digitalized and not uh, having papers in one single box. <laughs> It is also more uh, more secure when you have this diversification of services, of of storage, of of, of cloud technology. Also, uh, you know, um, playing a part. So so th this is also more resilient because we always, you know, being in this kind of neighborhood, we always think about cyber and um, and and security as well. So uh, yeah, also what is probably um, also worth mentioning is financial technologies, mm -hmm. because with all this digital um, digital society concept, it uh, it had spillovers in some other areas, and financial technology mm -hmm. is one of them. Uh, we are quite small country. I don't know whether your uh, listeners or our listeners uh, know that Lithuania is a three million population that is a, in in a European Union with an access uh, to the wider 500 million market that is European single market. So, um, being a digital society, we also wanted, you know, to strengthen our banking system and having more competition when it comes to financial services. And fintech came as one of the key features that Lithuania now is recognized globally. Mm -hmm. uh, we are uh, number one in the European Union when it comes to licenses issued for financial technology companies. Mm -hmm. um, of course, London is the biggest financial center in Europe, but when we had Brexit, uh, formally uh, Vilnius is now a capital of Lithuania is a number one fintech capital in the EU. Mm -hmm. And what, what does it mean? It, it's not, you know, um, it's not a thing um, that is uh, a value in itself. Mm -hmm. it, it means that we have better services for customers, you know, they are cheaper, they are quicker, they are smarter, your finances, uh, you may diversify better, you know, companies and, and people who come uh, to Lithuania from all over the world have access to better financial services. You may, you know, have an instant payment. You may um, 
deal with your personal finances in a, in a better and smarter way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, and it also brings competition. There are more companies and this means it, it, we have cheaper services because of the competition. So, so, so this is good. And, and this is based on, on technology and, and the digital society that, uh, uh, that we are. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I think uh, people in Taiwan generally understand Lithuania as a high-tech uh, powerhouse. So you mentioned fintech. The other thing that uh, our people have heard about uh, is that 1% of your GDP by 2027 will be derived from space technology. Uh, and that's another frontier, right, uh, to go where no one has gone before, like uh, Captain Kirk, uh, who, who said in yeah. Star Trek. Um, so tell me a little bit more about this desire uh, to to go to space yeah well thanks thanks for asking this question uh, because I, I really love to talk about space and you know uh, I know that uh, when we speak about it uh, people start smiling because oh three million population what kind of space industry um, you you know pursue even at home here uh, some of my colleagues, politicians, they say that, oh, no, she's crazy. What, what, what are they doing uh, anyway? But um, I think that uh, in, this, uh, um, in this world right now, everyone can be, you know, can build a, uh, a space industry. When we see that it is so uh, decentralized, where also private players are entering, you know, space figuratively, both figuratively and literally, literally yes. you know, yeah. having SpaceX and so on. Yep. So I, I believe that smaller countries also may play an essential role here. And for instance, uh, Lithuanian companies, there are already some of Lithuanian companies that uh, that um, are part of space industry. One of them is uh, called Nano Avionics. They are uh, building uh, nano satellites it's like that you know mm-hmm. nano satellites is, is, is the size of of, of this uh, so there are hundreds of them currently uh, in the orbit um also they have partners in in your neighboring country south korea um also of course international uh, space institutions i think that there could be more success stories like that and um, also probably here, uh, you know, between me and you, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Taiwanese and Lithuanian um, uh, techn- cooperation in technology also could could create some some of the effects when it comes to space um, technology and space policies. And the number one thing uh, which uh, we should keep in mind is that space technologies are dedicated not for, you know, someone that is up in outer space, they are dedicated for us, for people that live on planet Earth. Because when you develop a space um, technology or any any solution, basically, uh, that is being used in space, you then apply it here in our daily lives. Surface uh, monitoring of Earth's surface, you know, it is essential for agriculture or environmental, um, uh, you know, solutions. Uh, food, biotech, um, these are things that, you know, uh, are being applied here in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you know, monitoring the human body, how it, uh, you know, 
how it changes in, in, in certain circumstances um, and so on and so forth. So, so that is the, the key thing. When we invest in space technologies and space partnership and space cooperation, we not only, uh, you know, about conquering space, also we also in innovation that that is that probably will be applied. Not probably, uh, I'm sure it will be, you know, applied to our to our uh, daily lives and and and, and everyday um, and e everyday work or or I don't know free uh, free time. Yeah, um, when I explained to people that our upcoming Ministry of Digital Affairs, or MODA, uh, our website will be running on the Interplanetary File System, or the IPFS. Uh, people also think I'm a little bit crazy. Uh, then I had to explain. I, I'd love to know more about that. <laughs> yeah. Then, then I have to explain that the, the interplanetary uh, means that it works in outer space, but if it works in outer space, it works even more resiliently on Earth as well. This is a technology to ensure maximal resilience uh, and not uh, making uh, it very difficult to defend a single data center because everyone who view our website uh, also serves uh, as a, a storage partner uh, to our website uh, so that we can defend against cyber attacks better. So the interplanetary system is not just for astronauts, just like the early internet ARPANET is not just for military research, although it started that way, right? But it's become general purpose uh, and everyone can use that. But with that said, I think the Taiwanese uh, population also loves space a lot. Uh, just last month when we uh, successfully launched a rocket uh, with our advanced rocket research center uh, with autonomous altitude and trajectory control, uh, people went wild. So I, I really would like to take uh, measures together uh, as uh, a minister uh, to pursue possibilities to uh, the potential collaboration uh, on space. Uh, the, the final frontier together. Great. Well, well, as I am aware, Audrey, you're coming to Lithuania in in few months, so uh, we'll have to discuss it. We have a lot to discuss, indeed. Um, so the the other thing uh, that uh, when we uh, uh, learned about Lithuania is the the laser, as you mentioned quite a uh, quite a few times during this conversation. Uh, so. Would you like to bring us a little bit up to speed uh, for our audience on the progress on the laser and also semiconductor, which is very closely related fields uh, in your country? Well, laser industry is uh, one that we are very proud of, and um, it has strong traditions. It 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 comes decades uh, uh, ago. Uh, we have built it so. Um, we, there are Lithuanian lasers actually all over the planet. Um, I think except only, except for Antarctica, Lithuanian lasers are not being used there, but they are being used everywhere. Mm -hmm. And not many knows um, that, um, that uh, both universities and uh, industries, uh, they use Lithuanian lasers. So for instance, this iPhone, its uh -huh. camera or, or the whole screen could have been cut with a Lithuanian laser because they are being used actually everywhere. So what, um, how, how we you know, managed to build uh, that kind of success story. First of all, 
there is a niche competence. It's a short pulse um, lasers that uh, we are designing, producing, uh, manufacturing, and, and also creating here. Uh, and we do export them, as I said, uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, they are being used in academia. Um, 96 of 100 top global universities use uh, Lithuanian lasers. Mm -hmm. Those um, remaining four universities, they simply uh, teach other uh, <laughs> other subjects that don't <laughs> don't use lasers. And, and as I said. Um, Others are being used not only in academia, but also in, in manufacturing. So we want to, you know, to grow uh, this industry, uh, despite that we are quite, uh, quite, you know, uh, quite uh, well established in, in this niche um, competence as a short pulse lasers, but when pulse lasers, but we want, you know, to, to, to have more um, export markets for these products. We want our laser companies to be a part of, of value chain uh, when it comes value chains when it comes to semiconductor um, industry as well, and um, and that's it. Uh, you know, for me being being a politician, I I don't produce lasers, I don't make them, I don't innovate. Uh, but uh, my job is, you know, to create a, a friendly, uh, supportive circumstances for our businesses and academia. You know. To, to have new partnerships, to facilitate new discussion, new markets, new partners, new discussions with them, and so on and so forth. And and I'm happy to to, to do that because but because they are brilliant. Uh, you know, I'm I'm lucky that we can present Lithuanian uh, laser industry uh, as it is so very well established. Just recently, a month ago, um, there was a huge. Uh, huge exhibition in Seoul, South Korea, where Lithuanian uh, companies uh, had uh, our stand and uh, and also uh, presented uh, presented the potential. I know that uh, with Taiwanese um, uh, representatives, we also have um, agreements even um, between uh, between between partners uh, to strengthen ties both in semiconductor, laser, and even space. Uh, and space uh, yeah. It is all, you know, very intertwined and, and linked and uh, and connected. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, being a small, sometimes it, it is also an advantage because you may, uh, you know, act faster, quicker, smarter. Uh, you don't have to deal with the huge apparatus uh, that sometimes bureaucracy or regulation uh, is so uh, let's coming back to an uh, optimism angle of our mm -hmm. conversation I think I think you know everything will be fine yeah I think the the EU uh, when it comes to innovation relies on a lot of the member nimble uh, economies uh, to experiment uh, and then to then uh, basically disperse uh, those innovations, uh, tried and true innovations by the more nimble, smaller uh, economies uh, into the new uh, EU single market uh, laws and regulations. So we totally um, get the point. And uh, I think a lot of uh, people uh, really welcomed uh, the delegation. Uh, I think your vice minister uh, recently visited and also the Ministry of Agriculture also sent uh, the vice minister from Lithuania uh, to 
Taiwan, and we very much appreciate the, the agile uh, nature of uh, of our partnership. Uh, are there um, any uh, other aspects uh, other than economy? For example, on um, cultural exchanges uh, or um, any like student relationship and so on, you would like to highlight uh, as a result of the delegation and in our upcoming talks. Well, uh, I think that you know uh, results are also. Uh, still to come mm -hmm. because um, um, because you know building a, a cooperation is something that it takes time. Mm -hmm. But uh, what we what we hope is is not only to build an economic partnership in these advanced industries as as we just discussed, you know, semiconductors or lasers, but also exactly as you said, you know, having more cultural ties. Mm. Uh, I don't know, having a direct flight to mm. Vilnius, Taipei could ah, be... Taipei, Vilnius, yeah. Could, could, buy, could, could be great, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because it could encourage uh, tourism uh, between um, two, uh, mm. two countries. Mm -hmm. uh, it could, you know, it could, you know, uh, encourage also some, as, as we said, you know, cultural ties, so, I don't know, artists, you know, musicians, uh, networking, uh, coming to one uh, another, participating in TV shows and so on. It is exciting to learn another culture. Uh -huh. And I think that in Lithuania, not not many really, you know, imagine. So what is a Taiwanese culture? And I'm sure that in Taiwan, probably not so many know. So, okay, what, what, is, what is Lithuania truly? You 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 drank our beer, but you know coming to Lithuania mm -hmm. and drinking it here locally is a totally different uh, different mm -hmm. experience. That's right. So of course mm -hmm. these soft uh, things are also very very exciting and and also having so much in common. You know, being not so big, uh, you know, being far away, but uh, but at the same time a freedom loving society, um, respecting human rights. Uh, and and uh, and many other fundamental principles of of, of, of liberal democracy. These are, you know, um, basics for 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 these cultural ties as well. Yeah, I think that would be an important. Uh path uh, in the network of democracies. And uh, even when uh, the first direct fly happened, uh, I'll be happy to be on the first batch uh, to, to visit. Um, and, and I think uh, that, that really um, is a very important point, uh, because as you just mentioned, um, Taiwan is not just uh, bubble tea and semiconductors either. <laughs> we re really need uh, more people-to-people -people ties for the ideas of network of democracy uh, to, to happen. Uh, and a lot of uh, our listeners are the younger generation of Taiwan who have, uh, through various exchange programs, uh, frequented, for example, Australia or Japan or New Zealand and so on. And we come to know their culture much better and vice versa as well. So I I'm really happy to hear that and I, I really would uh, like to help making it happen. Great, great. Um, and, you know, um, you mentioned education and, and, and university students. So uh, it is, I think it is, you know, important to experience different cultures when you're young. Uh, it, it is a meaningful thing because then uh, when you get older, uh, you are more, uh, uh, you know, stick to your home uh, and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, having an open, uh, you know, uh, an open mind experience when when you're young is is uh, is not only good for 
governmental relations, but it is good for you as an individual. And and now I'm speaking not uh, not as a minister, but as a citizen and and, and just as a person. Yeah. So uh, speaking of young people, uh, as I mentioned, our audience, a lot of them are just say 18 years old or so. Uh, so. Is there any advice uh, from you uh, to the young people and imagine that um, he or she or they uh, is 18 years old and they're seeking to make a difference in the public sector and also inspire new births of creativity among their peers, their colleagues, uh, to think about contributing to the network of democracies? Well, I have only probably one advice is to... um, you know, not to pay attention what everyone uh, thinks about you or tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. Please believe in in yourself in and ask yourself what you are about, mm. what you want to do, what what's what's the best uh, decision for you, not for your parents, your teachers, or governmental officials, <laughs> uh, and, and so on. And then, then most probably, uh, you'll be happy with your job, with your career, with your family, with your choices in life. Maybe you don't need anything of that. And that's fine. Because, you know, older people, uh, they have opinions about everything. Mm-hmm. They know what to do, what's best for you. But uh, please, you know, think about yourself, not about other people who uh, have perceptions and opinions about. And it's not only about your choices, uh, life choices, but also about who you are. You know, just don't do not do that. Uh, think about yourself, not about uh, people's opinion about you. Right, so uh, know thyself. Uh, that's a, <laughs> a lot of uh, truth and wisdom uh, and the simple advice. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Osharina. Uh, this has been a very enlightening and thoroughly fantastic dialogue. It is my thank most you. sincere hope uh, that our next sit down is face to face over a cup or two uh, of mood lifting herbal tea in Vilnius. Well, thank you, Audrey. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward for our meeting. Maybe it's not only tea, maybe it will be Lithuanian beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll do Lithuanian beer. Um, so thank you again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again for your time and opportunity to show the world the boundless nature of mutually beneficial cooperation between natural partners like Taiwan and Lithuania. And to our audience, thank you for joining us today. And please check the information and videos on TaiwanPlus.com. We have a YouTube channel, so if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and share. The audio version is available on all the main podcast platforms. We love seeing your comments, so don't be shy. Until next time, live long and prosper.